Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. Just like when everybody was like, oh, we got this NIL, it's great. And then, um, you know, in this portal, it's great. Oh, whoa. Like, and I'm not saying I was the only one saying, I'm like, whoa, this is a disaster coming because you just legalized cheating. And you just told the donors they can pay the players. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. That, ladies and gentlemen, was Lane Kiffin yesterday at SEC Media Day. Not held here in Las Vegas. Um, that was, uh, I forget where SEC Media Day was held this year. Um, but they had multiple days because, you know, um, it's the SEC. It just means more, uh, which means more days, more talk, uh, more often. SEC Media Day featured all the coaches, and it also featured what looked like a very disheveled Lane Kiffin. His hair looked worse than mine, Hunter. <laughs> yeah, it looked. I said this to you off air, but it looked like he just got off a a weekend bender down in the Caribbean, and uh, for for whatever reason, forgot that SEC media days were around the corner, and you know, jumped onto his little private jet and found his way there the next morning or something. He he looked like a lot had been going on. Look, the only thing I'll give him credit for. Is that he at least wore a suit? That's true. other other than that, he was um, he, he looked like he had kind of rolled out of bed four hours ago and just didn't care about getting ready. But anyway, uh, not to take away from the point of what you heard, he called the NIL legalized cheating, and I am reminded Hunter. In, in college basketball, granted not the NIL, but I'm reminded of the time where one-and-dones were becoming a thing, yeah. where, um, you know, the, the, the high schoolers were not eligible to go right into the draft, and you had the one-and-dones, and I recall, you know, coaches like uh, Mike Krzyzewski at Duke, Lute Olsen at Arizona, uh, and some others, like the stalwarts of college basketball, in the coaching profession, we're like, we're not going to recruit these one-and-dones. It's it's bad for college basketball. It's bad for the sport. You know, all of those things. Totally. And, you know, presumably, as you saw other coaches do it and you saw the talent that was going on, what ended up happening? Lute Olsen retired. Yep. Mike Krzyzewski ended up recruiting one-and-dones and then ultimately retired. Yep. Um, and you go from you know stating how much you don't like something to realizing that you know um, the, maybe we just have to conform with it and go. And I look at it with Lane Kiffin, and I'm thinking, okay, Lane, um, you're calling it legalized cheating, but either a don't tell me you're not doing it. That's right. Or you're not getting your donor base to do it, or b if you're not doing it, then. Why do you think you should be better than a middle-of-the-pack team? I know this is something you feel strongly about, but I was just kind of confused by what Lane Kiffin wanted to prove yesterday when he said it. Totally, and to your credit, he is not anywhere near the level of Lute Olsen or no. Coach Kashevsky. So he has a long way to go in his coaching career, and I don't suspect he's retiring anytime soon. And so... I hate to break it to you, man. This is here to stay. Um, and really, when you think of NIL, especially in terms of the biggest NIL 
contracts that exist out there, a lot of them come out of the SEC. Mm-hmm. So, to to me, the um, I can't separate Josh, him making that comment, you know, which I think he was trying to go along the lines of don't hate the player, hate the game. You know, he was trying to take a shot at big NIL um, yeah. as it's ever-evolving year after year. But it also, you, you can't separate the fact that he's a coach in the SEC for a mid-tier at best, mid-tier SEC team that is probably losing the recruiting battle to the likes of Bama, Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, A&M, the schools with a much bigger presence, a much bigger um, donor and alumni connection than Ole Miss. Again, I don't have that information in front of me, but it, it almost just seems like crummy a river, brother. Figure out how to get yeah. it done. Yeah, um, and if you're if you're complaining a bit about um, you know other schools with donors, if you don't have yours then what does that say about the support of your program? I'm sure Lane Kiffin's got donors. Sure. And I'm sure there are some boosters Hotty totty that has support stuff, his program. For sure. Yeah. Um, they are, are nobody, you... but they're not on that top tier. Like, you, you mentioned the tier level for Mountain West. Like, I would put Ole Miss probably in tier three for, mm-hmm. for the SEC. Yeah, I mean, you really want to tell me that um, – you want to make me believe that your donors aren't involved in that, or are you telling your your boosters and your donors, "Hey, don't do this. This is this is cheating. You don't believe in it. We don't want to be a part of that. Don't do that." I, I doubt it. Um, I'm also reminded. Remember when Nick Saban said what he said about Jimbo Fisher? Yeah. When he yep. basically accused Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M of of buying players. Yep. And then uh, that led to a little mini feud, and then Nick Saban kind of had to walk it back, although Jimbo Fisher was not real thrilled about it, and I don't think Jimbo ever forgot. Um, you know, if you, if you want to go down this road, you best be prepared to bring out receipts. You best be prepared to show that if it's legalized cheating, if you want to go that route, then show it. Show that it is legalized cheating. Like, in Nick Saban's case, Nick couldn't prove that um, Jimbo Fisher was buying out players yeah. and was you know using money to build a team that but that by the way Texas A&M was not any better than Alabama anyway so why are you punching down Yeah totally um, and the word legalized is key here the minute something mm-hmm. is legal it's no longer cheating <laughs> It's no longer yeah. against the rules <laughs> So really it just sounds like you're lazy or you're <laughs> yeah. or you're just not good at your job if if this is the new future of college athletics and it looks like it is, um, you got to figure out how to adapt, my friend, or you're going to get lost in the sauce. And to all the schools out there that are struggling uh, to compete, uh, especially with uh, interest to NIL, there's a punk song that comes to mind, Josh. What is it? Welcome to my life, meaning Hawaii. <laughs> you think we don't go through this? But Timmy and the staff are showing up every single day. Cry me a river, Lane Kiffin. Figure out how to get it done. That's my that's my two cents on the matter. You need to 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 pitch higher, by the way. Yeah, I I 
maybe in the third hour I could get there. I, I'm just I'm not <laughs> I'm not committed enough, and I I'm not going to have my voice crack on the air. It's not going to happen. Oh. Oh yeah, you don't you don't want you don't want to ha- see what happened to me. Yeah. Um, Ole Miss, by the way, middle of the pack in the uh, Western Division when the uh, preseason poll came out, um, or the uh, the the SEC's preseason poll. They had yeah. Ole Miss at fourth, behind Alabama, LSU, Texas A and M. Uh, they're in the top three. I do just just to pivot for a little bit. By the way, sure. Hawaii's first opponent is Vanderbilt, right? Uh, Vanderbilt was projected to finish last in the SEC East. That's not the surprising part. You want to know the best part of uh, SEC uh, of Vanderbilt projected to finish last in the East was that eight people had voted for Vanderbilt to win the SEC. Oh my! Yeah, yeah, that's right. In a t- in a in a even in a division. With Georgia and Tennessee and South Carolina, there were eight people that who filled out a ballot best team for the SEC. That is right. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm looking so, at it. I'm looking at it right now. No one voted for Florida. No one voted right. for Mizzou, as no one should. And no one voted for Ole Miss, as no one should. So maybe Lane's a little butthurt about that as well. That's you're, crazy. You're, that eight people thought <laughs> they were better than Bama or Georgia. Two-time reigning champion. That's more nuts. people. More people voted for Vandy to win the SEC than they did for Kentucky, than they did for Texas A&M, Auburn, than they did for Auburn and Arkansas and Mississippi State. Tell me, Hunter, what wow. is the worst crime? What is the worst crime? The what seems like token first place vote for UNLV in the Mountain West rankings, or the eight first place votes for Vandy? Vandy, hands down. However, wow. we're, we're dealing with a, a much bigger pool here. I mean, 200, of votes. 265 people voted for Georgia mm-hmm. um, as opposed to how many did Boise have? It was like 28. Oh, yeah, there's a small pool of people who it, vote. Exactly. Um, so we're, we're talking about dollars to pennies. Um, yes. SEC to Mountain West uh, preseason poll votes. But I, I think if it, to your credit of how you asked that question, the only thing that's more alarming is who's the one person that voted for UNLV? Because <laughs> th- th- it's pretty exposing to, to them. It is. And and here's the other kind of weird thing. So I'm, I'm looking through the SEC's um, all preseason team. And, you know, the Mountain West has one team. The SEC has three. You know, because it just means more. That's the SEC motto. And for the fact that, um, you know, the SEC has, you know, eight people voting for Vandy to win the conference, through all three teams, there is not one single Vanderbilt player that made an all-SEC preseason team. Of not course team not. one, not team two, not team three. Isn't that crazy? I'm looking through. I'm looking through. Uh, by the did, way, let me, let, let, Vanderbilt's let me quarterback me, transferred to Mississippi State, didn't he? Uh, yeah, so they're you know they're a little thin at QB. By the way, let me correct something. Vanderbilt yeah. got eight first place votes to win the Eastern Division. Um, they got five votes to win the entire SEC. So I should correct myself on on the eight votes that was to win the division over Georgia or Tennessee over South Carolina over Kentucky. 
um, and five to win the whole darn thing, um, which again is is ridiculous. Not that, by the way, uh, looking forward to the uh, final Saturday in August. Not saying that Vanderbilt's going to lose to Hawaii, but just saying um, Vanderbilt may be a, a bit highly overrated even in the SEC. Mm. Uh, so if, if you want something to laugh at, by the way, Vanderbilt got less points than anybody. Uh, so technically, people are projecting Vanderbilt to be the worst team in the SEC and still have eight votes to win their division. I, that, I don't sounds get it. Like, that sounds like someone owed someone a favor. Eight people <laughs> owed money or something, and they cashed in for uh, a number one a number one vote for Vandy. <laughs> or, or they gave the uh, student media... Uh, X amount of votes, and the uh, the student media decided to be homers. Did they? Could be. Was this a was this a make a wish thing, Josh? Oh boy! Oh, boy. <laughs> I doubt that. Uh, we got we got plenty on the show today. First, uh, we're watching USA and Vietnam uh, Group E in the FIFA Women's World Cup. USA has already scored. Uh, it is yeah, one nil. They're chomping Team through USA. that defense like a like a bull of fuh, Josh. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I did not expect that. Um, I was going to I was going to ask you over under five goals in this match. Uh, over. OK. All right. Well, they're only in the 15th minute, so there's plenty of time. Uh, slam balls back. Uh, I got to watch a little bit of that um, before the show. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of get into that a little bit. And uh, there is still a lot of college football. In fact, coming up. Uh, we'll turn to the Pac-12 now that the uh, Mountain West is done here in Vegas. The Pac-12 got its one day uh, over at Resorts World. And there are two storylines that stand out from the Pac-12. One involving a former Hawaii prep star um, who played at St. Louis. Uh, in fact, we'll do that coming up next. And a little bit later on, Mandy Kawaha, who uh, was a standout at the University of Hawaii at Hilo on their women's basketball team, just signed a pro contract to play in, in uh, Europe. Uh, nice. Which is pretty neat. Uh, we'll talk with her. Uh, one of the, uh, I think, kind of went up the record books in UH Hilo program history over the past year. Uh, we'll talk with her coming up at about 4.30. But coming up next, what was Arizona thinking by sending Jaden Delora to Pac-12 Media Day? It's off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Get a Sports Center update coming up in uh, just about 10 minutes. Off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, Hunter Hughes in our studios. I'm Josh Pacheco. Uh, a couple more days in Las Vegas for me. Uh, I'll be back in studio on Monday. Uh, today was Pac-12 Media Day over at Resort uh, Resorts World. Never been there before. Heard it's a pretty big property. Um, maybe I should, uh, since I'm not doing anything uh, over the next day and a half, maybe I should stop by see what it's like. Um, but Pac-12 Media Days were there, or Media Day, and one of the storylines, and we'll go through a few as, as we go along, one of them was uh, Jaden Delora, who's at Arizona. Um, he was one of the two people in, uh, you know, two players that Arizona sent over to represent the school at Pac-12 Media Day. And as you probably are aware, um... Jaden Delora was uh, involved in 
a story that was first broken by uh, Hawaii News Now, you may recall, in the uh, in the summer yeah. of, uh, of an accusation of sexual assault. Um, From back in high was school. He and, right. And it was he and, and one other player, you may recall. So it wasn't just him, but uh, he had, you know, allegedly settled a civil complaint and the school stood by him, said they learned of the allegations last fall, and said that they would, uh, you know, he would remain with the program after what happened in 2018. So today at Pac-12 Media Day, they had Delora on stage along with uh, one of his teammates, and right out of the gate, they had the two Pac-12 hosts, Ashley Adamson and Yogi Roth there. Yogi, a good friend of the show, and... This is uh, courtesy of the Pac-12. Um, they had this available for the media. Yogi Roth um, teeing up Jaden Delora, and Delora reading a statement on this uh, to try to kind of get everything moving away from that and, and on to football. Take a listen. Jaden Delora. Jaden, I want to start with you. A uh, lot of dialogue around you off the field this offseason. You have not addressed that yet. Would you like to address it now? Um, yeah. Um... I kind of wrote out something, um, kind of been really thinking about this since everything came out, so. Put the mic up a little closer. Um, so I want to start off by saying I understand the um, importance of the question that's been asked over this time, um, as well as the fact that as journalists and everything, everybody has a job to do. Um, but just believe me that there's nothing I would like to do but clear my name if I could. Um, defend myself from what's being written. Um, however, I, I hope you understand that I'm bound by the law to not um, discuss this matter at all. Um, and I just do not intend to break the law. Um, what I can say today is that I'm grateful for the University of Arizona. Um, for assessing the facts in this matter and allowing me to continue my education as a student athlete. I would also like to thank um, Thomas Otaki and Philip Miyoshi um, for correcting the misinformation that's been reported um, that stated that I pled guilty or was convicted of sexual assault, which was what was written. Um, and it was a privilege to be the quarterback at the University of Arizona. Um, I want to assure the Wildcat community that I'll continue to be responsible and respectful leader on the field, in the classroom and in life. And with that being said, I kind of would like to turn our focus to football now. Yeah, that was Jaden Delora, again, courtesy of the Pac-12, um, reading off a statement uh, before anything could really get going, uh, knowing full well that this was going to come up. And... Hunter, it was uncomfortable. It, yeah. it was it, it was uncomfortable on a number of levels. One, um, it seemed like this was purposely teed up for him to address it before any questions were asked by journalists about it. Um, you know, to kind of soften a little bit for him, and I'm sure the the school and the Pac-12 had something to do with that. But I also felt um, for for the you know the the alleged victim right. and the alleged victim's family to have to hear that brought back up and for him to say, you know, wanting to clear his name, 
I I felt for them too. This oh. it was uncomfortable all the way around. Totally. Um, for those who haven't seen the video of him reading this statement, he's slouched back in a chair, looks kind of um, like okay, I got to read this if I have to. Um, he looked like a, a little boy, Josh. He didn't appear sorry to me. Whether, you know, he's innocent or guilty, we're, we're not here to make comments on the, um, yeah. the, the, the court case at all. But if you read the article, which, by the way, didn't come out of Hawaii. It came out of Arizona. Um, well, I mean, it was Hawaii News Now who broke it. Yes, but the, the in there, May, yeah. but then there was another uh, article that came out of uh, I believe it was like uh, the, the Phoenix Times or something like that. Um, it, it was around uh, University of Arizona, like they they broadcasted it um, over there. And whether you're innocent or not, like you got to do a better job of communicating that you you're sorry, um, mm-hmm. and. If if you're not able to communicate that, you know they're going to ask him about it. Why even be brought to S, uh, Pac-12 Media Day in the first place? That's how I felt. Um, you know, to to take him there was a risk because this you knew it was going to be brought up. Um, you absolutely knew it. I want to talk more about this coming up because uh, yep. I, we've got Sports Center coming up, and we're up against the hard uh, hard stop here. Um, but this this seemed like a, a really kind of big error in judgment. Uh, the Craig Angelus show is coming to ESPN Honolulu August first. Uh, Craig Angelus Kanoalehi over at Velocity in Honolulu. Check it out. It is brought to you by JN Group and by H Camp, the Hawaii. Concussion Awareness Management Program. A good hour to talk about uh, the state of University of Hawaii Athletics every month. Sports Center here will continue this conversation on Delore at Pac-12 Media Day. It's off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Got an M. Dyer Global scoreboard coming up in uh, just a little bit, which will include another update on Team USA at the Women's World Cup against Vietnam. Uh, let's go back to what we were talking about uh, a little while ago. Jaden Delora, yeah. uh, former uh, St. Louis school quarterback, uh, addressing the uh, off-season story, the story in May that uh, Hawaii News Now had broken over the, uh, the civil case that was settled, allegations of uh, sexual assault with he and, uh, and, a, and another individual going back to 2018 and i want to reference something he he had uh, referenced his um uh two attorneys a civil attorney and juvenile case attorney uh thomas otaki and philip miyoshi he said that they were you know correcting some misinformation that were out there um that they said uh, inflicted unnecessary duress and reputational harm to uh individuals and entities the statement said that jade uh these uh, reports that Jaden pled guilty and was convicted of sexual assault uh, are not accurate. Um, that's according to uh, those lawyers, even though Hawaii News Now did say after that that in reading the documents filed in the civil case on December in 2021, as well as in August of 2022 and in November of 2022, 
and in March of 2023, and in a state, uh, pre-trial statement filed with the court. Again, according to HNN, um, you know they say that you know that kind of language, pleading guilty, was was in those statements. But again, I, I think we go back to being in this situation in the first place. Um, you know, could it very well be? Because I, 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 I want to try to understand what what Arizona is doing here. I mean, yeah. usually you you bring your your best offensive player and your best defensive player, and you bring them to media day. You know, I don't I don't look at Arizona as a team that is is expected to win the Pac-12, and I don't think that this is a moment that if you're Arizona, you really need to bring. If Jaden Delora is your best offensive player, um, yeah. I I think it's in your best interest and. You know, after watching that video and watching him just kind of struggle, I, I think to to go through that statement, which he said that that he wrote himself. Um, I, I I think either they did a bad job of helping him through it, or um, they really just shouldn't have brought him. Uh, and I I don't I I guess I guess both can be true. But it just seemed like there are errors all around here in in trying to address it. Not to mention the errors. In the uh, in the statement that he wrote, Josh, it was uh, is it fair to say it was pretty poorly written? Maybe that's yeah too intense. But if if you're going to come out and comment on your involvement in uh, a lawsuit of this magnitude, I would want to come across articulate. I would want I would want to come across um, genuine and. I uh, I hate to admit that that's uh, that's not how it was received. The other thing, and I think this is where, if he was re- receiving guidance from Arizona, um, the other area in which I don't think Arizona guided him very well, and I I didn't get to hear the the media session. We we really got that. Uh, we also heard from his coach, which I'll share with you in a moment here. Um, you know, the other thing was you can't just say oh i'm going to read a statement and then no one's allowed to ask me about it that's not how it works you know i keep thinking back to gloria navarez and you know gloria navarez had um you know said you know she's not going to expand on anything with with san diego state and you know she said she wasn't going to comment any further than what she said but there were media members, as you would expect, doing their jobs yep. and asking about it. And she gave the same line and was respectful and polite about it. But it is the reporter's job to ask those questions, just as it would be even if he gave that statement at the beginning um, and said, I'd like to move on to football, that it is fair for a reporter in that room afterward to ask questions about that situation however they decide to ask it because it's it's a it's public record and b um you know it's you're you're there um you're you're not immune from getting tough questions yep. and i think that's one thing that i i still believe that there are some schools you know every student athlete i believe should have some sort of media training yes. and and many do um but those schools that are giving that media training, if they really do believe that a statement solves everything and shields a player from having to answer questions, they're wrong. Because that's not how 
It, it, journalism doesn't work that way in 2023. It didn't work that way in, in 2003. It didn't work that way in 1983. It has never worked that way. Yeah. And to think that that's how that goes is, you know, giving this young man, however you feel about him, it gives that young man bad advice. And right now what Jaden Delora needs is he needs someone to give him good advice. Um, um, he has he's gone through challenges, and and, yeah. and let's let's be fair about it. Um, this situation, he had a situation at Washington State that after his freshman year, he was arrested on suspicion of DUI, yep. was suspended. But remember, um, later he was not found. He was found not guilty and got back to the team and was once again the starting quarterback. So you know, to be fair, that you know that DUI. Uh, you know they 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 wiped that because he was found not guilty in that particular case. What he needs right now is someone to guide him in the right direction, um, whether it is how to handle the media, whether it is to how to block out some of that stuff, whether it is just to kind of stay away from whatever it is that could be a challenge. That those are the kind of people that I, I think he needs and would be helpful to have. And I just don't think what today was was any benefit to him. Hmm. Yeah, you know, in thinking back, just bringing it back to the statement real quick, Josh. Yeah, I don't recall one apology. I don't require. I don't. I don't remember. I don't believe there was any sort of. You know, okay, like let, let's put the lawsuit on the side. I, you know, even if he just came out and said, "I apologize for this um, unnecessary distraction from." Uh, me as a football player and what we're trying to do down there at the University of Arizona and to uh, my school and to Arizona's um, loyal fan base, I am I'm so sorry for the way that this has negatively you know painted our school or our um, our athletic program, something along those lines. Just to you know you you want to, in his words, uh, clear your name. Um, right now, all it looks like is you're kind of a spoiled kid who was um, asked to write a statement, and you slumped back in your chair and half-heartedly read through it. That was my that was my observation, Josh. And if if that's unfair, I'll be the first one. <laughs> I'll be the first one to apologize. But when you're dealing with big boy issues like this, you got to come forward like a man and handle yourself like a man and that that was not my observation here yeah and um you know he you know he also said uh you know what in talking about sharing with the team he said quote with everything that i was able to share with them without breaking any laws or anything they understand and feel what i'm going through so just knowing that i had their support i felt like that brings us closer as a team i should mention um jed fish the head coach i mean he really commented about it for the first time and uh, he said, and I quote, we were not able to get much information. We did as much due diligence as humanly possible. And what we learned was that Jaden never pled guilty or was ever found guilty of any crimes. And really for us, that's what we can live off of. And that's what we could understand, that we can't make decisions or it'd be unfair to make decisions based upon information we don't have. And there is no information. There won't be any information that is available under Hawaii law. Everything is sealed and expunged. So there really is nothing for us to learn, um, close quote. So, uh, and apparently, in in reading one of the most recent stories, 
Um, while there is the settlement, allegedly it has not been approved by the court, and the lawsuit remains active, it says, the St. Louis school has not settled its portion of the complaint. Um, that's uh, one of the most recent things that uh, that's out. So, And to, to that coach's uh, defense, that, that part is fair. Uh, I'm, not, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to say you, you need to make a make a decision based on information that you don't have so that they're they're required to go through their protocols you know on how they um feel is best to handle a situation like this as a school and as as a football program um i'm i'm more concerned i think you are too josh about why even bring the kid to pack pack 12 media days when you have 56 other scholarship athletes that yeah. could have made that trip. I'm sure any of their old linemen would have been thrilled to go on that trip. Um, like Eliki Tanavasa for us, right? Um, yeah. The, to, to me, that's the first L. And then the onslaught of the rest of the L's came with the way that he handled addressing this. And... To, to me, it's it's more on Arizona for allowing him to come forward when, honestly, like anybody could see, like he he's not ready to handle this situation in front yeah. of in front of the media. You, you know what I'm saying? I, I do. I I will say, um, you know, I the the one area where I will give Arizona a break is in in how they've addressed whether you know because there were calls for Arizona to. You know, remove him from the team initially. Yeah, and I remember that. I, I think we we kind of forget at the time. You know, Washington State was the first school to have Jaden Delora. Um, yeah. You know, Arizona brought him in after he transferred. For for people to put it on Arizona uh, on on how to handle that when Arizona was not his first school would have been kind of tough. And so, in in that sense, you know, I I do. I, I do get Arizona's end of things and, um, and and can see where they're coming from. But ultimately, um, you know, that's that's the way it played out at, at Pac-12 Media Day. And um, we'll see how this is now handled forward. If there's anything, I think, to, to take this on a different side of the, uh, of, of the conversation, if there's anything, this probably is the first step in addressing it and then believing that you you won't have to deal with it any longer, or at least you know answer to it any longer, uh, because you've now gotten it out there and expect that people will not go much further on it. You would you would think for sure. Yeah. I, um. I, go ahead. I, I was just I was just gonna say I. Unfortunately, to you know the alleged victim and their family, this is probably one of the last times that we're gonna. We're going to hear about this, at, at least at this, yeah. this moment in time. And that part is honestly kind of uh, disappointing, Josh, because it, with it everything, brings back stuff. It does. And the, the way that it's kind of been reported, whether, I don't know, accurately or not, it, it still feels like injustice happened. And yeah. It, uh, it, By the way, um, yeah, it just doesn't feel go ahead. good to me. Go. That, that, that's all I was gonna say. Texter from the two three three, UA probably wanted to get it out of the way, then first face it, uh, facing it closer to the season. Which I, I think there might be uh, some truth to that. I, I think I have maybe one better way to do it, um, 
if the school wanted to handle it a little bit better, I think what you could have done was issue a statement without him having to read it, however you'd feel about it. Yeah. Um, issue a statement without him having to read it, not on camera, not anything like that, just through the athletic department under his name, and um, that that may have been a, a better way to handle it. I, I you know at, at this point, I think the, the the move now is clear. It's clear to now move forward and uh, try to, to to move your way beyond that and get to football. And I think that's what uh, Delora and Arizona tried to accomplish. Yep. Let's get to our M Dyer Global scoreboard. It's brought to you by M Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. FIFA Women's World Cup is underway. They're in stoppage time in the first half. USA with a 1-0 lead on Vietnam. There is a storyline that may have just developed here, though. Um, Alex Morgan took a penalty kick yep. in the box. It was stopped by the goalie, yep. which was really impressive. The Vietnamese goalie has been uh, really, really good. Really uh, and I want to give credit where credit is due. She's made a couple of spectacular saves for Vietnam. She's made like eight but saves the other, in the first half. Yeah. The other side is that in the rebound following the missed penalty kick, um, Morgan went down with an injury. Alex Morgan looked like she went down grabbing uh, just above her ankle on, I think it was her left leg. She has walked off the pitch. I don't know if she has come back on. Um, that may be her right there. But either way, uh, she's not 100%. USA is only up 1-0 on Vietnam. Again, they're in uh, eight minutes of stoppage time uh, in the first half. Uh, they're in the FIFA Women's World Cup. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global, always on the move. It is off the bench. This is ESPN Honolulu. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Don't forget, uh, check out our website, ESPNHonolulu.com. Because we've got athletes. It is uh, presented by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. Uh, Braden Shager is uh, the most recent athlete to be a part of athletes. And he's eating food at Ruby Tuesday with our uh, our own Cole Malsoff. Check it out, uh, ESPNHonolulu.com and on our YouTube page. Uh, speaking of Braden Shager, we'll get into a uh, Mountain West recap coming up uh, at the top of the hour. Did any, anything change? Did anybody's mind change after the two days of uh, players and coaches at Mountain West Media Days? Uh, on a brief aside, uh, we did have uh, Slam Ball debut today. Yeah. Um, I was watching it for a little while. I'm, I've been contemplating going. You should uh, go. If, uh, when when, when is know. the next time you're going to get an opportunity to go, Josh? It, it hasn't been around in, what, like a decade? Yeah, and it's only here really for two weeks. Do it, um, man. If we can't get you to uh, drink, if we can't get you to gamble, <laughs> at least go to Slam Bowl. Have a little fun while you're in Vegas. Uh, you know, so I watched, uh, it was on ESPN. I know you watched a little bit of it. Most of it's on um, ESPN Plus. So mm -hmm. they have a, a few select games on, on ESPN. And, you know, I was, I was interested in watching it just to kind of like whet my appetite for it and, you know, maybe I, I, I pretty much all but convinced myself to go earlier uh, while I was eating uh, eating brunch over at uh, Main Street Station at the Garden Court. Nice. I watched it, and I was like, uh, 
I don't know. See, I, and maybe it's the presentation that got me, but I, I, I felt like I was just given no reason to enjoy watching Slam Ball, except for the fact that, you know, you had some really awesome dunks, um, as you would expect from Slam Ball. Sure. But I, I had a really big problem with the presentation, like a just massive problem. Um, it was clunky. It was uh, – the camera work was awful. I know you were telling me what you took away from it. And, yeah. you know, I never got a chance to really understand who these guys are. It reminds me a little bit of playing um, an NCAA college football video game. Okay. And, you know, be- Number five. because it was – that's right, because <laughs> you, you couldn't use the player's name, so it was number five QB. And you'd hear the announcer on the game, all they could say is number five QB. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of that. It just, like, there was no opportunity to tell me, like, who is this guy? Like, I heard someone reference that one of them was a track star from Texas A&M. I don't know who the heck that was. There's no graphics reminding me of who these players are at any time during the game. It was, it was, um... Frankly, it was clunky, and it was disappointing, and it left a lot to be desired. Uh, what about you, Hunter? Yeah. Um, I felt like I needed to um, work on my breathing and <laughs> maybe look at something else so that I, I wouldn't get nauseous looking at the looking at the coverage of the game because uh, it was amateur at best, whoever was holding that camera, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of left and right and up and down and I'm like okay we need to we need to put women's soccer on right now <laughs> yeah um yeah well, I think I, part I, of it too is they're, they're you know they're playing in the Cox Pavilion which is uh, on the UNLV campus and it's next to the Thomas and Mack Center it's not a um it's not a small venue but it's not a big venue either sure I would call it a little bit of an elevation from a big west gym and you know, because it was kind of kept tight, there's not a big crowd um, that it's, it, it seemed like, you know, you only had a certain place to put cameras, um, which you know didn't really help the situation at all. But I don't know. I, I just felt a little underwhelmed and I was disappointed. I kind of found myself doubting whether I should go tomorrow or not. Sure. I hear you. But the dunks were cool. Dunks are always cool, and the the fun thing about slam ball, I remember this watching it as a kid, was thinking, I could do that. And <laughs> when, when you go in the backyard and jump on the trampoline and set up a makeshift uh, little little tykes hoop, and you duct tape it to one of the posts, you feel like you are in slam ball, which is of course what me and my brother did. Uh huh. A makeshift little tykes hoop. Yep. Gosh, the only thing I'm sure you and your brother didn't do uh, was knock was knock the heck out of each other in the open court. Oh, we did that anyway. Okay, because when you're on the trampoline, Josh, anything goes. That is that is true. Uh, you know what didn't help though was that, that initial game was a was a blowout, mm. and it was uh, it was like one team didn't entirely know the rules. And uh, and the other team was just really really good, so it was just like kind of painful to watch. Uh, one team just get really badly beaten up, like uh, Vietnam against game. USA right now. Well, that's not terribly bad. Um, it's only you know, two although it, yeah, it's two nil. Um, USA got a goal that was given to him off of the video replay after it was initially called on the field as offsides. 
Uh, replay overturned that call it a goal. Uh, Smith has a couple of goals, 2-0 USA as they're wrapping up the first half. We'll look back at Mountain West Media Days and uh, whether any of our minds have changed. That's coming up after SportsCenter. In, uh, in reference to the fact that soccer's on, I feel like this is something we'd be hearing if we were going to a soccer match and uh, teams are coming out. You'd be hearing Zombie Nation at this point, right? Would that be uh, Would that be fair? Yeah. No, I, this is definitely a... Zombie Nation is one of the best songs for a stadium. It, it, it yeah. sounds like thousands of people are singing it, even the recorded version. So you're, you're right, Josh. Whenever I hear... Um, that that little that little ditty. I I think of what game would I like to hear that song at? Thinking of soccer too. We were um, we were just talking during the break. There are two really big soccer events happening right now. Um, one, Lionel Messi, who is now playing in in the states. Um, everybody is hyping the fact that he is playing. Um, his first match uh, for uh, for an MLS club, Major League Soccer, for those that don't know, playing for Inter Miami. By the way, as a sub um, <laughs> for Inter Miami, came in at the uh, 54th minute. Uh, don't really care what the score is there. The best yeah, ever that... cannot cannot be a starter in the MLS, Josh. The, oh, the talent is just too good. <laughs> He is also what? He's 36. Uh we also we also should note. And you've got that at the same time as USA and the Women's World Cup, which to me says something's something's wrong. Uh if we've got two of the biggest events in American soccer happening at the same time, um you know, why would you want to divide soccer viewership where you know you'd like to have eyes somewhere? But let me ask you um, biggest soccer event right now, Messi's return or Messi's uh, first match as a, a, a member of an American soccer team or Team USA Women's World Cup? Hmm. I think I'm going to have to go with uh, USA Women's World Cup. It's it's our team. Uh, it's hard not to root for greatness. I mean, we're going for our third third straight. Um. And yeah, if especially if Messi's only coming out as a sub, Josh, I got to give the um, the advantage to USA Women's Soccer. Now I would have, uh, and you can chime in on it at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Our Zephyr Insurance text line is at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. I would have chosen Team USA Women's Soccer, regardless of whether Messi was coming off the bench or not. Doesn't you know, doesn't really matter to me. I mean, he's he's thirty six, but. Um, this may be the toughest chance for uh, Team USA to win the Women's World Cup. It is not automatic. And, um, you know, just kind of watching this match, what we were just looking at a stat. It was um, 17 shots to none in the first half. Yeah. And it's only 2-0, which, uh, which is incredible. So The winner um, today, no matter what happens, is Vietnam's goalie. She's awesome. Kicking She's butt so and taking awesome. names. If you stop a PK from Alex Morgan, keep the ball. Absolutely. That's like uh, swatting LeBron. <laughs> 
yeah, I am. I'm absolutely impressed with her uh, and 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 what she's done. Uh, but uh, it probably should be worse, and uh, and and it's not. So credit to Vietnam uh, for hanging in there. We're gonna watch that. Uh, they're at halftime. We'll uh, we'll keep you abreast of anything going on there uh, between Team USA and Vietnam. I'm in Vegas. I'm Josh Pacheco. Hunter Hughes is in Honolulu. Uh, we'll be in Vegas together in September. So no, you weren't. Uh, um, yeah, you were left out. We didn't have many seats on the plane, uh, but we made sure we've got a seat and a hotel room just for you in September, Hunter. Thank you. Thank you. And hopefully um, Josh has uh, swimming trunks on under his work clothes because uh, he might <laughs> just find himself in uh, the pool of wherever we're staying. Um, I don't know if I want to pay – well, I mean, I don't know if there's a pool here, but I don't know if I want to pay 20 bucks to go to Stadium Swim. Okay. Um, I, I'm not someone who likes to go to the pool in the first place. I and I I love the Circa. I mean, we, we were there for the first time. Circa's beautiful. And um, it, it was a great venue for Mountain West Media Days. I mean, uh, not, no disrespect to, to last year's venue, which I think was the Cosmo. Um, but the Circa was hands down beautiful. It was a, a fantastic place to host Mountain West Media Days. I just don't know that I'd pay 20 bucks to go to a pool. Um you know, I, I know there's gonna be there's there's I'm sure a lot of beautiful people there, and there are big screens to watch games, and I'm sure all that is is really really nice. Just um, twenty bucks is twenty bucks, uh, and I, sure. if I wanted to go to a pool, I think a I'd want to find a free one, yeah. and b um, I can watch a game on my phone if I'm you know sitting poolside and uh, just want to watch a game on my phone. I wonder if we can sneak know. in. I doubt that. I sincerely – and here's why. Um, they are so tight with security there at the Circa because, first and foremost, you have to be 21 and over okay. just to enter the hotel. Um, so if you if you think it's tight just to get inside at any entrance where they not only look at your ID but they scan it um, so they know you're there, um, if, if it's tight there, it's going to be tight at, at the pool. <laughs> so um, – and I'd rather, and I think uh, I was talking about this with someone just a couple of weeks ago. We got to do Top Golf when everybody's here. Oh yeah, for the uh, for the UNLV trip at some point. I mean, we're not going to be able to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday because we drew. Um, you know, we have the afternoon show, which would go until nine o'clock here local. I, I, I guess Top Golf is open till uh, what? They're open late, right? Yeah, until sure. like eleven maybe. Um, but you know, the the, the good thing is on Saturday. The game's at one o'clock. Oh, nice! Yeah, it's a it's a ten a.m. Hawaii time kick. Top golf's open till two. Oh, we're uh, fine. I guess then. we could if we were if we really wanted to do late night golf on a weeknight, we could do top golf. But you know, on on the Saturday, I I I really hope we don't get booked on a Saturday night flight coming home. But um, you have um, the games at one, so probably by the time we're done, you know, the game wraps up post game. Uh, the fans' voice. We're probably not going to be out of there till like five thirty, six o'clock. That leaves all night uh, to do whatever it is that we want to do. And I've suggested, I have suggested uh, some kind of like team activity. I have suggested top golf. Uh, we'll see if this uh, if this flies with the suits that we can make that happen. I love it. You, you don't have to convince me to go uh, play top golf, considering I'll probably go on my own. <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, own. or Friday. Yeah. On your own with nobody? I love it that much, Josh. 
Yes. Okay. I, that, right. That's a that's a great evening for Hunter. I was gonna say, if if you guys want to call me someone who doesn't get out of the room and hang out and just you know be by myself, Hunter's version of inner peace is Top Golf. Then okay. Yep. Um, speaking of here in Vegas, Mountain West Media Days wrapped up yesterday. I, I I'm curious. I mean, you weren't here, so I, I guess your vantage point might be a little bit different. But from these two days. Has your mind changed on anything within the conference, whether it is how you think Hawaii is going to do, whether you think it is how anybody else is going to do? Has your mind changed on your outlook of the conference or even Hawaii football? Um, well, a couple things. This is the first time that I am a member of the media, Josh, on this side Welcome. of things. Thank you. Um, <laughs> hearing from opposing coaches and um. hearing conversations uh, with you guys and uh, the coaches in the Mountain West, they seem like nice people, which in hindsight, I'm like, of course they're probably nice people. But w- when you're yeah. a player, you're, you're almost programmed to think, screw those guys. <laughs> does that make sense? Um, yeah, it does. And so, yeah, it, to me, th- that part is very new and different. Is um, okay. okay, yeah, I, I don't. I don't despise these people any longer. Um, they just coach for a different team. Uh, so right. th- that, that's the first thing. The second thing, based off of the comments from uh, Brady Hoke and what I've just observed along with the San Diego State case, they will be leaving. Okay, okay. I, I believe that at first chance that they get, they, they are out of here. Um, wow. they're, they're capped through 2025. Um, but if they are already communicating to their coaches and then the coaches are already communicating to their student athletes, it's, it's a sure thing. The, uh, the question just is when it's not an if it's a when. Yeah. Um, I, I, I could see that, I guess. I, uh, you know, the Pac-12, and we'll, we'll play this out from George Klavikoff, the uh, Pac-12 commissioner who spoke earlier today about television and, and also about uh, conference realignment. He did address a little bit of it. Um, I, I get the feeling that they will, and I don't think this media day, you know, really kind of set that for me. I think it was really more along the lines of uh, we just kind of know how the landscape is uh, at some point. San Diego State's going to get some kind of an invite, and I think it's not the Big 12. I think it's the the Pac-12. And I think once that invite comes down, I think they're going to be hard-pressed to say no. I mean, you're, you've sure. already kind of put your toe in the water um, because you know you're interested in it, so you're not really going to go back on it. And uh, um, you're, not, you're not really going to go back on it and uh, – you know, just say, "Oh no, now we're really happy, and now we 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 don't want to you know try this again." I I think that they're, um, you know, I I think they're pretty much set, knowing that they're gonna want to go, uh, and 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 that's that's a a done deal. I think for me, if there's anything I kind of have changed my mind about, I think my first thing is Air Force. Mm. I think. Air Force may be ranked a little too high. Okay. Um, Air Force is tough. They seem kind of surprised. Yeah, I mean, you heard uh, Troy Calhoun yeah. yesterday, I think it was, uh, when, when we played that. And 
you know, they, they lose Daniels. Brad Brad Roberts was the offensive player of the year last year. Um, you know, he was just a, a, a bulldog as a runner. They had Air Force second in the projected order of finish with two first-place votes, and they have a lot, um, you know, that they've got to make up from last year. And, and, you know, Coach Calhoun said it himself. He said, um, I, I don't know. It, I don't think you replace it. Uh, there's a lot of guys that need to get some work in, and he even kind of noted, like you know, spring camp. If you if you saw that spring ball, we we didn't look like a, yeah. a, a second place team in a projection. I I I feel like they're a bit too low. I think if you had to ask me right now, I probably have Air Force at five. Okay. Um, I would probably if if I had to redo my top five. After going through Mountain West Media Days, I think I'd put Boise State one and keep them there. I, you know, we didn't get to talk to to, to Jeff Tedford, but I don't yeah. know that Florida State's the second best, or not Florida Fresno. State, Fresno State is the second best team in the conference. So they're, I, I'd they're probably feared do, as if they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, they also have to replace a really good quarterback. Yep. Um, they are well coached. I, I'll give them that. I'd probably go Boise State one. San Diego State two, then I'd put San Jose State at three. Then I'll go Wyoming at four. I that's that's my other takeaway from from this week is okay. that I think Wyoming is underrated. Hmm. Uh, media had them at six. I think they're better. They've got the conference defensive player of the year. I think Peasley is going to be just fine at quarterback, if not better. Um, Wyoming's got some really good pieces that not a lot of not enough people give them credit for. So I've got Wyoming four, and then I'm going to put Fre- uh, uh, Air Force at five. Nice. Um, I do, and, and the the other thing, I think New Mexico is a little underrated. They have a quarterback now yeah. uh, coming from UAB. I don't think New Mexico is the worst team in the Mountain West. I think I'm willing to put Nevada there. Um, as potentially the worst team in the Mountain West as of right now. I think um, UNLV is underrated, too. Okay. I don't know if they're quite top five, but I feel like they're a sleeper in the Mountain West right now and could easily be in that six or seven spot. But nothing tells me really anything why Utah State should be ranked above them. Um kind of right on par with a Fresno school right now that's trying to figure things out after the loss of their quarterback. So I think, um, yeah, UNLV to me could be a bit higher. But, hey, at the end of the day, we got to see what happens. Yeah, um, I, I do agree. UNLV is higher than nine. Um, I'd put, I put. I think I had UNLV in my five previously. Okay. I think before we got there, I would say UNLV is probably six in my book. Um, I think they're better than Colorado State. I do think they're better than um, than Utah State. I do think they are better than Hawaii. I think if I had to rearrange the bottom, I'd probably have Nevada at at 12. I might have New Mexico at 10 above Hawaii. Hmm. I'm really just kind of back and forth on that. I think not a lot of people give New Mexico any credit, and, and frankly, why should you? Um, but I do think they are going to be better uh, than they were last year. Uh, your thoughts after two days of Mountain West Media Days? Anything you kind of took away that made you change your mind, whether it's on Hawaii? I know some people asked yesterday about offense. 
whether it's on Hawaii, whether it is about any other team in the conference, uh, let us know. Our Zephyr Insurance text lines at 808-296-1420, and you can call us at 808-296-1420. Traffic in 10 seconds. This is Off the Bench. Coming up, Mandy Kawaha, the all-time leading scorer in UH Hilo women's basketball program history. Going to play overseas professionally, which is pretty cool. We'll talk with her uh, coming up in less than 10 minutes. Uh, we talked earlier this week about Saquon Barkley, who has given the impression that he would be fine with sitting out the season as much as maybe he probably doesn't want to. He talked to a, I think it was the Money Matters podcast mm -hmm. uh, earlier this week. Well, um, the Giants did sign a running back today, and that was James Robinson, who if you needed any um, reminder of how contracts are not guaranteed, Robinson signed a two-year deal with the Patriots back in March and then was later cut. So uh, yeah. uh, those, those deals don't matter. But Robinson and wide receiver Cole Beasley signed by the Giants. Does this tell you anything about uh, how the Giants feel about Saquon Barkley's status? I, I think it's a bit early to quite make um... – an assessment on that, Josh. However, Robinson can play. Um, for fantasy players out there, Robinson, uh, the fantasy owners know he was a find last season. Uh, he had um, over 1,000 yards, and uh, I believe he had 20, well, uh, let's see here. He had 10 total touchdowns with the Jaguars last season um, before the Jaguars moved him over to the New York Jets um, in the later half of the year. So he's... Um, you know, a high-production running back, Josh. And in three seasons, he has 2,200 yards and 23 total touchdowns. So, you know, in in the um, the minds of NFL executives looking for plug-and-play running backs, this this is kind of the, um, the article right here of what you'd be looking for for a plug-and-play running back. So I think in the meantime, when they're figuring out Saquon Barkley, they do have an answer. It may not be the answer, but something. Well, I think you said, you know, one of the key things. In three seasons, he's done X and X and X, which to me means, um, you know, going back to the Patriots, giving him a two-year deal, he probably has, what, two more, two more years of shelf life before you say uh, time to move on, right? Yeah. It's yeah. unfortunate, um, but that's that's the state of uh, the running backs in uh, in the NFL. Hey, don't forget about the Craig Angeles Show. Starts August 1st here on ESPN Honolulu. Kanoa uh, he talked with Craig Angeles on the State of University of Hawaii Athletics. It's once a month. We invite you to check it out. It's brought to you by the JN Group and HCAMP, the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program, uh, and it's from Velocity in Honolulu. Traffic here, Mandy Kawaha on the other side. It's ESPN Honolulu. <laughs> Off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Good to have you in, all of our guests. They appear courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Uh, I believe, and in fact, I don't know for sure, if you can tell me in my ear if, uh, if we have Mandy Kawaha uh, on the line. Uh, working on it. Okay, so we'll get, we'll get Mandy shortly. Uh, she is the all-time leading scorer in uh, UH Hilo uh, program history. And I would I, I tell you that in considering that uh, 
Mandy Kawaha is all of five foot two, and she plays a lot bigger and a lot tougher than someone who is five foot two. Um, I've gotten to call a, a couple of her uh, her college games. I think it was a couple of years ago um, uh, when I was doing some games for UH Hilo, and I think some of her high school games too. And she played at Hilo High School. So, uh, looking forward to that conversation with her as soon as we can get her in here. Uh, on ESPN Honolulu, we are watching uh, the Women's World Cup, Team USA, and uh, Vietnam. This is the first match in pool play for the uh, U.S. Women's National Team, and it's a two-no match. They're in the 67th minute, so we'll keep uh, we'll we'll keep watch on that. Uh, happy to have Mandy Kawaha, former UH Hilo uh, women's basketball guard, uh, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. The news is with her. Uh, she's going to be uh, playing in the Women's British Basketball League with the Cardiff Met Archers. Uh, she has signed that contract. She is going to play there. Um, how cool is that? How, how did the opportunity come about, Mandy, for you to uh, to, to play out there in uh, in Britain? Well, I actually got in contact with one of the recruiters for university of abroad, university degrees abroad. So I was looking to get my master's already, and this opportunity came up with this recruiter, and he got me in touch with the head coach at Cardiff Metropolitan University, and yeah, that's basically how it started. She emailed me back. We had a Zoom call, and basically she said she wanted me to play for her team. Uh, their point guard recently just left, so they were looking for a new point guard. So basically, I just fit right in. She liked how I played, my tempo that I went at in the game, and my IQ. So, yeah, that's how it all started. So at, at what point did uh, did the idea come out that, you know, maybe you could play overseas, you could play professionally? Did, did that ever cross mm -hmm. your mind up until this point? Yes. I mean, I always wanted to play professionally. I was, like, more serious with it um last not last year but two years ago my technically my senior year and I told my coach like I wanted to go play professionally like I wasn't done playing basketball yet it's my dream my passion especially to play pro and to go overseas and just like experience the world travel the world I've covered some of your games going back to uh, when you played at Hilo High School. I called several of your games mm -hmm. back in your, uh, your 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 first senior year, I guess, not your uh, mm -hmm. not your COVID year, your fifth year. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, you know, it, it's it's amazing to watch someone grow um, from 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 being at Hilo High School to going into the college game to all of a sudden, I shouldn't say all of a sudden, but to become the all-time program leader in points and assists, mm -hmm. and uh, several single-season program records. Um, you know, how when you think upon your journey up to now, um, what is there anything that's, that surprised you about how you've gotten here? Nothing really surprised me. I mean, I guess my support system, like, grew a lot with my family, friends, coaches, teammates, like, Everyone's been rooting for me for a really long time, and they knew, they kind of knew, like, what my dream was. So I guess just the outpouring of support that I got really pushed me to just be my best throughout all these years and to just keep 
climbing and climbing and to do whatever I could do. We are talking with the uh, former UH Hilo guard, uh, Mandy Kawaha, who is uh, off to the Cardiff Met Archers in the uh, Women's British Basketball League. She joins us courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline Hunter. Mandy, I've got a uh, serious question for you. Have you begun working on your British accent? Because you're, of course, going to need that over there. Um, no, not really. But I do play around sometimes with, like, my family and friends, and I just all of a sudden talk in a British accent. But it's it's hard. Yeah, no, you've got what, plenty what of time to work on it. What does it sound like right now? What, what If you had to play around with it right now, what does it sound like? <laughs> I don't know if I could do it. Just uh, pretend like you're ordering some fish and chips, okay? We'll we'll, we'll be the uh, we'll be the shop owners. What would you like today? I can do. It. <laughs> we got we we got some work to do. I I think that's that's probably I fair, do. Hunter. I do have a lot. Of oh no, that's okay. That's awesome. Um, what are you most looking forward to uh, getting to play? Um, not only in another country, but over in Europe with pretty much everything accessible, just, you know, a, a short plane ride or a little um, train ride away? That's most exciting. Um, getting to just play in another country, that's that's literally crazy for me. And being able to travel all the different countries in the UK and all the mm-hmm. different places, like, that's really cool. And being on a train, too. I've never rode a train in my life, so that's pretty awesome. And I'm also looking forward to playing with one of my former opponents in the Pac West. She plays for Point Loma, Haley Sorrett, and she will be my new teammate as well. That is awesome. That's uh, that's yeah. really cool. Speaking of of teammates, um, I'll get to the family part in a moment. But you played with your sister Mindy for uh, mm-hmm. for several years, uh, not mm-hmm. only at at Hilo High School. Uh, but also there at UH Hilo. You have shared a lot of your basketball successes with her. Um, yes. How did she react when you gave her the news that you were going to play overseas? She was very happy for me. Like, she wasn't surprised, <laughs> but she was really happy for me. Honestly, like, getting closer to the to the day that I have to leave, it's kind of getting more sad <laughs> that we're both going to be away from each other. Like just being there at home with her, going to practices, playing games, like we're pretty much with each other 24 seven. And I'm not going to be able to have that when I go to the UK. So it's sad, but it's also like very exciting to see where this new chapter will take me. And we can always text and FaceTime as well. So thank God for FaceTime now. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is true. Outside of injury, because I, I know I know there were some injuries during uh, during the time at UH Hilo, but outside of injury, can mm-hmm. you remember the last time you've played a game without her? Without her? Oh. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's the special part, though, right? I mean, to, yeah. to be able to play much of your life with your sister, I'm sure you'd call her one of one of your best friends as well. Not a lot of people get mm-hmm. to say that they could do that at both the prep and collegiate level. Yes. You know, the other thing I'm also, you know, kind of fascinated by, a lot of people talk about prep basketball on, on Hawaii Island, and they talk about Konawaina a lot, and they talk about mm-hmm. state tournaments, and they talk about BIF championships. But I don't think enough people talk about um, – 
what Hilo High School has churned out. I mean, from from mm-hmm. your family, the Pana sisters, uh, mm-hmm. Alexis and Aaliyah, and you know, I know one of them has gone off to play professionally as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how have you thought about that at all? About how you know your path has kind of followed a little bit of of what they also kind of did. Yes, definitely. Um, growing up and always playing against them, usually it would be like up and up. Of course, when we went to high school, like they would always <laughs> win, but that kind of like pushed me to like be better and be the player that I am now. Like I love the way that they play, their attitude, their drive. I guess it kind of just went on to me, and I wanted to be what they are and what they've had so yeah yeah and and you've been you've been fortunate to have uh good coaches along the way as well um Mm -hmm. my last question for you i think you kind of mentioned it a little while ago but i'll 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 kind of reiterate it um your family and support you know going back to um you know your your days at uh hilo and 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 hilo high school um Describe to me how much that support from your family and friends and youth coaches and college coaches and everyone in between uh, has helped you in getting here. I can't describe it because it's indescribable. (laughs) It's just so much, like so much people pushed me, like my family. Oh, my God, just playing against my older brothers outside in our front yard on the concrete, the hard concrete, scraped knees, like all those little challenges and stuff, and me being like the the sore loser that I am, like it really pushed me to just be the best person that I could be. And all my friends and all my family that came to support me during all those games, they always gave me a high five or a hug after the game, and they always told me how proud they are. And a big reason comes from my papa who passed away. He got me started on on basketball. So the community knew him pretty well. Um, So this is basically for him what I'm doing. (laughs) Mandy, uh, in in having called a number of your games uh, over your prep and college career, uh, I'm I'm proud of you. Uh, I'm excited for what's coming next. And uh, keep up up everything you're doing, all right? Congratulations and best of luck. Thank you. Good luck, Mandy. All right, that's uh, Mandy Kawaha, who is uh, going to the uh, Cardiff Met Archers in the Women's British Basketball League. Uh, really cool. Really, really cool. Um, and, and really kind of left her mark with UH Hilo Women's Basketball with a couple of uh, program-setting marks there. She joined us courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline. Visit alohakia.com at Aloha Kia. Uh, you know a guy. You know, we often talk about uh, Hunter we talk about, you know, basketball, uh, men's basketball players that sometimes have the opportunity to go overseas. But we're talking about someone, a five foot two, who was a program changer in Division Two um, and gets an opportunity to play in in, in England. Uh, we don't get to talk about that all that often, and it's pretty cool to see that opportunity um, come from someone here in in the islands. Absolutely, and she's a stud. Uh, led UH Hilo. I think she's the all-time leader in points and assists over yep. there. Um, not to mention single-game program record holder of 36 points whenever she came over and played against um, um, 
uh, HPU. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, as someone who also got an opportunity to play over in Europe uh, myself, it, it's a phenomenal opportunity for any young person looking to expand their horizons and see the world a little bit, um, especially someone from Hawaii, I, I'm so happy for her. It, it's only going to – amazing things are only going to come from it. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Great to have you in. Hunter Hughes, uh, Josh Pacheco getting you through the, uh, the rest of your Friday. Coming up, uh, back to the Pac-12 Media Day, uh, which was today. And apparently, you know how we were making a little bit of light on Lionel Messi making his, uh, uh, his debut with Inter-Miami? Apparently, we can all swallow that right now because he did something pretty remarkable today. Uh, that's all coming up. And, of course, an update on Team USA now leading 3-0 on Vietnam uh, late in the second half of the Women's World Cup. That's all still to come. It's off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Guess what? Aaron Rodgers was asked about the darkness retreat. Of course, you know, we're going to have to play that back. Yes. Uh, that was earlier today. You'll hear that coming up in just a little bit. Um, I I don't know if this is hyperbole or not, Hunter, but uh, American soccer may have reached its height because Lionel Messi has scored a goal in his debut on uh, you know with an American team in Inter Miami, and he did it on a free kick in stoppage time after coming off the bench as a sub in the second half. The uh, the game. Winning goal, no less, as uh, as they win in, I think it's the Nations Cup. It's a match that was, uh, was oh my shown gosh. on Apple Sorry. TV. I'm just watching it, Josh. Unbelievable. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah? Free kick from 10 yards outside of the penalty box, over the wall, top left, upper 90. Yep. Absolute missile. Welcome to the MLS, Lionel Messi. That is awesome. That is. Um, you don't script that stuff. And, you know, we it was funny because we were talking about the, the two things going on in American soccer today. Um, Messi, which everybody's just been hyping up. Um, you know, I'm sure Apple, well, you don't need an Apple TV subscription to watch that. Um, but, you know, you, that, you have the, the Women's World Cup with Team USA going on. So I'm, I'm sure... Um, you know, a lot of people were trying to figure out what what they would watch. I think we asked the I asked the question to you, what was bigger? Uh, you said Team USA and the Women's World Cup, and they are winning. Uh, but it almost feels like um, Messi scoring a goal is kind of winning in itself in the way that it was done um, in such dramatic fashion toward the end. Oh my goodness, I I couldn't agree anymore. And the the, the funny part about this, Josh and People were wondering what's funny about Messi winning a goal or uh, scoring a goal. The funny That's part messy. is he uh, he wasn't a starter in this game. <laughs> he was he was a reserve player. He had to come off the bench. The, the the greatest soccer player maybe of all time apparently isn't good enough to uh, start in the MLS, Josh. But you know, I, well, <laughs> that's that's the funny part because of how it sounds. Yeah. Um. But we should remind ourselves, too, if, if we're going to use that, 
then we also need to remind ourselves that one of the best players to ever don a, a USA jersey um, is, is Megan Rapino, who is playing her final Women's World Cup um, on a team that is projected to win it in Team USA. She also uh, comes off the bench. Uh, again, this is her last one. She's retiring after this. Messi's 36. Uh, I feel like in that instance, I think you can give a little bit of a pass for uh, for coming off the bench, especially with how much you run, uh, how much conditioning you have to be in. Uh, at 36, I can totally understand coming off the bench and playing um, you know 40 some odd minutes instead of playing 90. He didn't come off the bench for his just recent World Cup winning Argentina team, though. He, well, that he... was what two years ago. No, that was that was this last summer. Was it this last summer? Yeah. Or uh this last winter, I should say. It was like this mm. past fall. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I you know, I I guess you you see the the bigger picture if you're uh, uh a team in America that wants him. He's, it's two and a half years for the contract, 50 to 60 million dollars annually. Um and so I guess you kind of want to be able to play out the longevity of that contract, and I guess that means if if you're happy with him playing for, uh, um, you know, half a game for for fifty million dollars, then I guess so be it, right? Yeah. That. And it's and it's not even a, a technically a, a a league match. It's one of those special. I, I don't know if they call it a friendly. Um, they call it the Nations Cup, I believe, and. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I I guess you can afford in in that case to to play, you know, starting in the fifty fourth minute, uh, if you would. But uh, I, I don't know. Is it hyperbole? Is it hyperbole to say that you know this might be one of the greater U.S. soccer moments to have the the women win a match and to have Messi as a as a quote unquote American soccer player scoring a goal? Does it not feel like a really big deal? Oh, it it's always a big deal. I. <laughs> We're we're bringing up a story from my childhood. I was never that good at soccer, Josh. Mm-hmm. My my three best friends growing up were they all they all went big time Division One soccer in college, um, and so it was always my go- my goal just to get on the field with them, and yeah. that only ever happened when we were up big. And so this one time we were playing a a school in the suburbs of Chicago. The school is named Fo- um, Fox River Grove. And we were okay. we were up eleven to nothing, and Hunter finally got on the field, and I got on a breakaway and I scored, may, meaning that it was twelve to nothing. Uh-huh. I proceeded to do a round off backflip after my oh, no. after my goal, no, because it was the first goal of my entire career. No, <laughs> and I, I got so much crap because no i got so much crap because i i went and did a backflip when we were up 12 to nothing you should have you absolutely should have i have no regrets either no regrets sportsman sportsmanship went out the window that's right 12 nothing did uh did 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 anybody want to fight you afterwards for Uh, that no we were i think we were 13 so oh boy if, this, this, if they wanted the smoke, they got it with my backflip. Was that the only goal you ever scored in high school? Uh, that uh, It was actually middle school, and yes, it was the only goal I ever oh. scored. I <laughs> uh, hope that backflip was worth it. It uh, was, man. Sports Center, Traffic, Darkness Retreat. It's coming up on ESPN Honolulu. <laughs> 
Uh, Hunter Hughes, does that make you want to get into a darkness retreat? Um, the real question is, was Aaron Rodgers stoned during that interview? <laughs> Good I lord. Just, I, I think that's just how he sounds. Well, yeah, it sounds like his brain is, like, permanently fried now. <laughs> and so to answer your question, no. What? <laughs> no, I don't want any part of what he sounds like. The only thing from Aaron Rodgers that I would take is how well he can throw football. It's incredible. Okay. Okay. And that's the only reason we're still talking about him. Because from just a throwing the football perspective, he's top five ever. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, to your, uh, to your question, any part of his personal life, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, that, that was on uh, DiPietro and Rothenberg on ESPN New York uh, earlier today, of course. Uh, with the Jets getting into camp, uh, remember that they uh, they and the Browns are two of the first teams to get there because they play in the uh, Hall of Fame game against the uh, Cleveland Browns, uh, which is uh, 13 days from now. That's that's right, Hunter. We are 13 days preseason. from an NFL game. <sighs> yes, it's preseason, but it is still an NFL game 13 days away. Unreal. Uh, and so, yeah, we we've gotten a lot of uh, of Aaron Rodgers in the limelight. I just, I, I think we've talked about this before. I, if I were in a dark room, it would be easy for me to say, like, yeah, I'd fall asleep. But there's no way I could. Um, in fact, I'll I'll give you a hint. I, you know, in a hotel room, the lights can never be off. Um. I always have to have, whether I am awake or asleep, um, or even when I leave the room, even if it is during the day, minimum, one light needs to be on in the hotel room. Because if it is dark, I don't feel comfortable. Because it's not my place, right? It's, it's you know, it's it's a hotel. So my comfort level is with at least one light on at all times. Is oh. that, that fair? Oh, of course it's fair, Josh. I don't think we ever grow up and grow out of the fact that when your head hits the pillow at night, you're still a little scared of the dark. <laughs> it's not like that. I, it is for me. <laughs> I'll admit that. It is for me, man. I, I'm, not, I'm not too um, uh, conceited to admit that I still get afraid of the dark. Um, I, I live in an apartment by myself and <laughs> there's times, man, when I swear I hear something in the hallway and, uh, I quietly tiptoe over to the door to make sure it's still <laughs> locked. So <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's, that's bad at all. Or if it is, then, then I'm all the way bad. <laughs> Hunter, do you own a nightlight? Of course I do. <laughs> Of course one of those, I do. One of those little uh, plug-ins in, into one of those outlets? No, it's um, it's the reflection of the back of my iMac sitting on my computer. <laughs> um, so it just so that's on that's on purpose. Uh, I don't shut it off. Yes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting real personal today on off the bench. We 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 are. Um, yeah. I, I I didn't expect that we'd go here. Um, I was just figuring, you know, Aaron Rodgers being in a darkness retreat is like, uh, you know, 
being in someone else's place. It's it's you know it's it's not his home. That it's just dark. Um, you you got real personal being at home. That's and, right. And not being in the dark. Yeah. Um, I like I the light be, way more. I can be at home. Um, in in the dark. That that's fine with me. The one thing that I cannot do, and this is probably a bad thing, I cannot be at home and try to sleep and not have the air conditioner on. Ooh, yep. And it's it's pretty bad of me um, because, yeah, it probably runs up the AC bill a little bit. But if it gets too warm in the room, I, I can't sleep. It gets really uncomfortable, and I don't want to open the windows, so I have to have the AC on. I don't, I don't need it on during the day, but at night it absolutely has to be on. Sure. No, that's – it's a good call. Um, you know I grew up in Chicago, Josh. So I do. It gets cold, cold during the winter. And for some reason, because I grew up in that environment, I prefer my room when I'm, when I'm asleep as cold as it possibly can be. Oh, and me too. I will curl up like a little ball, and I am in my happy place. But uh, mm-hmm. I would much rather it be... Too cold to stand than too hot to stand, and I think it's always going to be that way. Oh yeah, um, you know I in, in my travels recently going to uh, California at times where the temperatures would get into the 40s um, as overnight lows, I still wanted the AC blasting at like 68 degrees. Um, even though it was colder outside, I didn't want to like warm up inside because to me, if it's warmer, I sleep easier. And sometimes I actually just don't want to go to sleep. Sometimes I actually have like work to do. So, um, I would, I would keep it at 68 and actually, I don't know if it's worse, but I would also throw out when driving, um, even if it's cold outside, I still want the AC blasting a decent amount inside because then it's like if it's too warm, it gets that it's more uncomfortable warm than cold. Does that make sense? Sure. No, totally. Texter uh, VR Zephyr Insurance text line. Texter from the 223. It's the boogeyman. That's who the one is. uh, That's who's creeping around your hallways, Hunter. It's the boogeyman. I don't know who it is, but uh, I don't like him. Or your creepy neighbor. <laughs> could be could be the same person. Man, it also it's windy in Manoa. Mm-hmm. So it could just be the wind. Or I might have a bigger problem on my hands that uh, uh. I, I don't I don't even want to go there right now. Hunter <laughs> Deadbolts. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Deadbolts. Uh, it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. That's Hunter Hughes. I'm Josh Pacheco. couple of big things uh, that have gone on today. Uh, one, Women's World Cup. Uh, Team USA does win. Uh, although, Hunter, you took the over. I asked you uh, over under five goals for Team USA today against Vietnam. Uh, and they only got a measly three. That's it. Uh, but it's still a, a, a shutout win. Team USA wins its opening match of the of the uh, Women's World Cup. So uh, that's in the book. The other big soccer story, Lionel Messi scores a goal, the game winner for Inter-Miami. And uh, I, I called it the 
Um, what did I call it? I called it the Nations Cup when yeah. uh, when I referenced it earlier. Uh, it's actually not the uh, the Nations Cup. I described it wrong. Um, it is called the League's Cup. It's still kind of like a, a, a friendly. But you had that happen today in like kind of a storybook moment. He scores the goal in uh, in stoppage time, and then um, you know, and then and then goes on to uh, hug his family at the very end. They were sitting uh, front row there in Miami. Pretty cool moment uh, that happened. And I think the one probably bigger local story today we talked about it earlier on in the show uh, was uh, was Jaden Delora. Yeah, and uh, he's now at Arizona. Delora at Pac-12 Media Day today. You know, let's let's play here. We'll we'll spend a couple of segments here on Pac-12 Media Day. Uh, George Klyvakov on the other side with what he said about uh, you know conference alignment and the television deal and and, and all that stuff. But to to give you the backstory again, Jaden Delora was um, there's a report from Hawaii News now that had mentioned him and uh, another player involved in what was a settlement in an alleged sexual assault case that took back in 28 uh, that happened back in 2018 it was reported back in may um arizona decided to keep him on their team saying you know, they didn't have you know, they they first learned about it based on the information they had they they decided to stay he decided to stay on the team uh, or keep him on the team i should say um, he was brought out today at Pac-12 Media Day, and this he had not said anything since that had come out. The only thing we heard was from his attorneys trying to clear up any misinformation um, that was put out uh, about whether he pled guilty or not. Um, but uh, this was teed up when he was brought out to the stage at Pac-12 Media Day. Yogi Roth, uh, one of the hosts from the Pac-12 Network, uh, former college QB, uh, tee this up for Jaden Delora. Take a listen. Jaden Delora. Jaden, I want to start with you. Uh, a lot of dialogue around you off the field this offseason. You have not addressed that yet. Would you like to address it now? Um, yeah. Um, I kind of wrote out something. Um, kind of been really thinking about this since everything came out. So, Put the mic up a little closer. Um, so I want to start off by saying I understand... Um, Importance is a question that's been asked over these times, um, as well as the fact that as journalists and everything, everybody has a job to do. Um, but just believe me that there's nothing I would like to do but clear my name if I could, um, defend myself from what's being written. Um, however, I, I hope you understand that. I'm bound by the law to not um, discuss this matter at all. Um, and I just do not intend to break the law. Um, what I can say today is that I'm grateful for the University of Arizona um, for assessing the facts in this matter and allowing me to continue my education as a student athlete. I would also like to thank um, Thomas Otaki and Philip Miyoshi um, for correcting the misinformation that's been reported um, that stated that I pled guilty or was convicted of sexual assault, which is what was written. Um, and it was a privilege to be the quarterback at the University of Arizona. Um, I want to assure the Wildcat community that I'll continue to be responsible and respectful leader on the field. 
in the classroom and in life. And with that being said, I kind of would like to turn our focus to football now. Yeah, that was uh, that was Jaden Delora, who was Arizona's uh, offensive representative there at uh, at, at Pac-12 Media Day. Uh, I, I think I know we talked about this earlier. I, I think the two things that really do come to mind are one, there was there has not been an apology since um, yeah. you know, this was first reported back by Hawaii News now back in May. Um, you know, the only statement up to this was his attorneys trying to clear up what they called misinformation because the Hawaii News Now story initially had mentioned that uh, um, he had pled guilty and then there was a, um, you know, there was a, uh, 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 what's it called, a, a settlement, yeah, a settlement stemming from these allegations. Hawaii News Now's report, or certain media outlets, they say the attorneys did, uh, reported inaccurate information, which they say inflicted unnecessary duress and reputational harm to numbers, individuals, and entities, close quote. Um, they said that, quote, reports that Jaden pled guilty and was convicted of sexual assault are not accurate. But again, um, no apology. Yeah. Nothing. Um, and here... Obviously, there are things you are are bound by the law. You can't discuss the case that's part of the settlement. I don't, I don't even know. I guess it's it's law, but it's also agreeing uh, agreement of terms is probably a, a better way to put it than not wanting to break the law. But um, no apology, no apology. Talked about wanting to clear his name and then wanting to focus on football, thinking that that statement was going to do that. And to me, that that's what left a lot to be desired and why I questioned the fact that Arizona even sent him. Yeah. Because you knew this was going to happen. They knew it, which is why this was teed up for him to have a statement to read before any questions could be asked by the media um, or even by the host, the Pac-12 Network host, because this was a, a made-for-TV event. Um, this was this is to me almost kind of a swing and a miss that this was not handled as well as it it could have or should have been Hunter. Yeah, honestly, I don't feel like it was handled that best from Arizona. Don't feel like it was handled that best from Delara. Um, there, it could have been done from a you know multiple different uh, directions here, Josh. So, mm-hmm. um. The, the the main thing that I can't help but think of is the alleged you know victim and um, the alleged victim's family, family. In, in this because they are tied to this situation and subsequently to um, to Delara so and they can't talk about it either <sighs> if if there's a settlement there you know but they had to hear that yeah they had to hear that they did not hear an apology they did not hear. You know, a, a public apology. They did not hear. You know, they heard someone trying to clear their name. Yeah. Um, and that's got to be painful. Incredibly, I, I wish on behalf of them. You know, even if you didn't do anything wrong, you know, it, some sort of genuineness coming from. From Delara. Uh, for those that didn't see the video, his body language just kind of showed him slumped in his chair and half-heartedly reading his response 
Um, it didn't look like he cared. It didn't look like he had any sort of remorse for the situation other than the fact that the situation named him in something that um, he uh, wasn't a fan of, basically. And it's um, it, it, it's a bummer to see, Josh. And for all other athletes that have come out of the 808 and really represented the state of Hawaii well, um, this is not one of those situations. Yeah, and and I'm I'm sure um, there was some nervousness here. There was, you know, this is uncomfortable. But you know what? This is a situation that, uh, in a way, you've placed yourself in. Absolutely. Um, and w- whether you're innocent or not, something happened for you to be named in this situation. Uh, I wasn't named in this situation, Josh, and neither were you. Um, because w- we had absolutely nothing to do with it. So I can't help but wonder... Yeah, it just you know, I, I yeah, it's 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 hard. It is. Um, I I know it's it's difficult. Um, but I I, w- I want there to be some sort of uh, remorse for what happened, and we didn't get any of that. No uh, traffic here. Your text and more coming up in just a bit. It's off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. George Klyvikov proving that maybe he wasn't the best person for the Pac-12 to hire. Uh, coming up in just a little bit. We were talking about Jaden Delora talking to Pac-12 Media Day today and reading that statement um, about the situation that was reported back in May. Scott texts in our Zephyr Insurance text line says, "There's probably there probably was a reason they sent him. U of A is not that dumb. Come on, bitch. Well, we've talked about it. Arizona sent him because he was their, I guess, their best offensive player. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean that you have to send your best offensive player. Like, you're not bound by a rule to send your best offensive player. That's right. Like, you, if you thought better of it, send your second best. Yeah. Because it might have looked better that way. They're the adults. They, they need to look out for their student athletes and, you know, potential damage that they might be exposed to. Uh, UH didn't send uh, Braden Shager. Well, Braden Shager is different. He was uh, okay. I'm just, I'm just saying 21. that you aren't R- yeah. bound to send your quarterback. Is my no, is right. my argument here that they no, could have found right. multiple other people to to send. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, Sports Center back to Pac-12 Media Days after this. Final words in moments. George Klyvakov in minutes. Pac-12 trying to play defense when it comes to uh, its television rights and conference alignment. Guys, it is Pac-12 Media Day, and, you know, uh, Klyvakov did have to speak. Uh, More on that in a moment. Uh, Last thing here, Hunter, on the uh, Jaden Delora uh, statement today that he read at Pac-12 Media Day uh, following the uh, reports of a settlement uh, in uh, an alleged sexual assault case back in 2018. Texter from the 347 via our Zephyr Insurance hotline says, Something's not right. Locals would fight tooth and nail if they're innocent. No need for statements. We speak from the heart. While I understand what this texter's saying, one problem. Um, As he said, he's bound by the law not to say anything about the case. And that's what usually happens in settlements where part of the settlement is you can't speak about it. Um 
in a in a public setting. And so for that reason, that's why he didn't do what you kind of said you would think he would need to do, which is fight tooth and nail if he believes he's innocent. Yeah, you may not be able to fight tooth and nail, but you can certainly speak from the heart. And, and I know that's where you came from, where you kind of feel like that didn't happen. That's right. And you don't have to comment on the case, but you could do a little bit better maybe standing up and not slouching in your chair, um, speaking not on a, a scripted basis, but just showing that uh, you care or that you were embarrassed or at least felt bad about the, the fact that you dragged your team, your university, your teammates through. Your family. Your family, state of Hawaii, all of that. If you're a big-time college football player from the state of Hawaii, it's bigger than just you. You, you represent so much to our community out here, to young athletes, um, the, the future for sports of our state uh, i think he's one of those guys he's certainly uh in the the top five of of um of football players from the state of hawaii that are going to be active this season in division one football josh so it it's bigger than just you and i i wasn't a big fan of how uh he of how he came across josh uh, other things at Pac-12 Media Day today included the commissioner, George Klybakov, uh, speaking to the assembled media, trying to tout the uh, the Pac-12. They also had um, the now uh, outgoing CFP uh, President Bill Hancock today. They had a, I, Part of me wishes I was there. Um, they had a, a lunch Q&A with, with Bill Hancock talking about the college football playoff, what it's going to be later. Merton Hanks, uh, former San Francisco 49er. Um, you know, works with the conference, I believe. Um, two things noteworthy before you hear from the commish. One, um, L.A. radio was not there. Every other market, you know, brought a radio show or they brought a, you know, a podcast that, you know, would record their podcast from there. The only market that was not there was the market from Los Angeles, uh, which is notable because USC and UCLA are in their final year. Uh, in the uh, Pac-12 before they go on to the Big Ten. But still, it's it's almost like even the L.A. media quit uh, a year early, even with USC as the projected team to win the conference in the preseason rankings. I thought that was kind of funny. That is unique. Um, it's almost as if they don't care about the Pac-12 at all and they've got their <laughs> eyes already set on the Big Ten. So, um, and you know, the, the Pac-12 kind of brought that on themselves with, with the fact that, they uh, they can't secure a TV deal before Pac-12 Media Days. And so in some ways, Josh, it may not be on them that USC and UCLA are leaving, but it's on them um, for the rest of those schools to not really speak on that. Yeah. The, the other thing today is that uh, George Klavikov needed a teleprompter. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Look, Gloria Navarre's Mountain West Commissioner – she is full of energy. She stood on the podium. She did a great job. Um, and she did not need no stinking teleprompter to talk to the media. Not one. Um, kudos to her. And by the way, kudos to her. 
she gave me a bunch of grief that when we wrapped up on, on Thursday, I was wrapping up the interview, I accidentally said, Big West Commissioner Gloria Navarez, which was really bad. And uh, she was still on mic when I said it. And I played it off, Hunter, as um, this is what happens when you have a team in multiple conferences, that sometimes this is bound to happen. It was very unfortunate at Mountain West Media Days. Very, very unfortunate. Uh, but she did not need a teleprompter. Mm. So she was good. Um, George Klavikov had to address the obvious. Television and conference realignment. Uh, I don't know if every word of this came off a teleprompter. You be the judge. This was, uh, this was Klavikov earlier today. Before I finish my remarks, let me provide you with an update on our media rights negotiation and our approach to considering expansion. I know there's been never any speculation about the timing of our media deals, but in the end, we're on track to announce our deals at about the same time as everyone would have anticipated and predicted before the news of conference realignment. The PAC-12 Board of Directors has met regularly throughout the process and has been united in their commitment to one another and to the PAC-12, and this commitment and patience will be rewarded with an announcement in the near future. Getting the right deal has always been important, more important to, the, to our board and to the conference than getting the expeditious one. Regarding potential expansion, while we have already done the due diligence on expanding, expansion candidates many months ago and significantly narrowed our focus to a handful of schools, our sequence remains unchanged. First, we will conclude our media rights deals. Then our schools will sign our grant of rights, which has already been negotiated. And only then will we decide on potential expansion. In a moment, I'll invite Mark Harlan and Merton Hanks to join me on stage, specifically for questions focused on Pac-12 football. I, I probably should have cut that part out. Uh, that would, that's me forgetting to edit the last six seconds. <laughs> that's but, okay. Um, a couple things out of that. He tried to play it off, honestly, when um, when when he was talking about the media deal, like, "Oh, this is going according to plan." We know it's not. <laughs> we're we're not dumb. We know this is not going according to plan. Um, you know, he's trying to play this off as they're getting the best possible deal, but as long as they're going about it this way, they're getting less than the best possible deal every day this continues to go on and um i find it interesting that he also shared you know he shared their pattern which i don't know is going to work i mean he basically said you know we're going to sign the deal and then we're going to have our conference members sign a grant of rights and then we're going to look at expansion and part of me believes hunter that you, I mean, you're you're trying to lock these schools. I heard, what I basically heard him say was, we're going to try to like, you know, pack these schools into a corner so that they can't leave, with the grant of rights specifically. Um, but going about it that way makes me kind of feel like they may lose some of these schools before a deal is signed. Yeah, it it sounds like let's get these guys to sign something before we lose them. Um. I, I don't know, Josh. I, it doesn't seem like he is all that optimistic whenever he's speaking. It, it just sounds it sounds like fluff to me. Uh, can't really give 
good insight as to why it's taken this long other than we've been focused on getting the best deal possible well, you, you could say that when nothing is on the table so right um to me that that doesn't that doesn't really speak to anything of substance and uh for a few of those schools maybe not all of them they've got some smart cookies behind them mainly with stanford and cal you, you you're going to try to sell that to those guys uh, i don't think so um not to mention big time market schools like oregon and washington and utah I um yeah, I think the Pac-12 is in uh, a bigger kind of soup of hurt right now than we realize. By the way, uh there was a scene today, uh Colorado's AD. They had a bunch of the ADs there. Colorado's AD was there and then he was in a rush to leave. And so, you know, reporters were going to go and and talk to him and try to figure out what was going on cuz Colorado's one of those schools that allegedly is is looking for something from the Big 12. And he had told reporters that he couldn't answer their questions. He was rushing off. He had to go catch a plane. Um, And allegedly, according to one report I read, was uh, rushed himself into a dark hallway. And then ultimately left to get to the airport, which allegedly was true. He did have to catch a flight, which sounds like, um, you know, really good planning to get out of there as soon as possible and, uh, and not face the music. Um, but yeah, I I took that from Klivakov as, you know, we're we're gonna try to do what we can to lock this in, and and his saving grace right now is that the Big Twelve is in no rush. If the Big Twelve were looking to rush to get some schools in there, um, and they wanted to tomorrow invite Colorado and Arizona, let's say, they could very well do that. And if the numbers are right, Colorado and Arizona could, uh, you know, announce their intent to leave tomorrow. That's right, you and know, they could do nothing. Absolutely, and I think we we kind of already know Colorado is the the quickest probably to jump and uh, say say what you will. Maybe it's because of his recent surgery. Maybe not, but I think Colorado actually made an executive move, not having Dion there. Hmm to comment on things like this. I think Arizona should have made a move similar, not bringing Delora to Pac-12 Media Days, similar to uh-huh. uh, the fact that Dion was not there because what we know about Dion, he's going to say what he wants. And yep. if he doesn't like the way that Colorado has been treated in uh, the Pac-12 or uh, you know, just his thoughts of the Pac-12 in general, he'll speak his mind and at this point, that would represent the entire school of Colorado as well. So, I don't know. I, I read more into that situation, Josh, than him just not being there because of a surgery. Yeah. The other backwards thing is you could you could get an agreement. Um, you could you could get an agreement, and then you could you know before they sign a grant of rights, you know a school could leave or two schools could leave, and all of a sudden that agreement can get amended and probably means nothing you know hmm. and that could that could be really really rough um so yeah i don't i don't know what's in it for the pac 12 right now um but i i just i i i don't think klivakov's handling this situation well and i think this is one of the few times cuz you know everybody was hailing the move because klivakov's comes from mgm grand here in vegas 
He is, you know, not a an executive by hearts or by trade in college athletics. And so this is a little bit different. And um, they were hoping that this kind of move, they could look at the Pac-12 from an entertainment value standpoint and try to change up the way you kind of look at the league. And this is maybe one of those instances where you kind of wonder, maybe that was the wrong hire, that maybe someone who's got athletic director or you know athletic executive experience might have actually been better in this role with this league right now in a bit of turmoil. Yeah. No, it's 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 a a new frontier, a new era, and issues that were never even a thought six seven years ago are all of a sudden a really really big deal now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll check on traffic here. Final words in a moment. Don't forget the Craig Angeles show. August first is when that begins here on ESPN Honolulu uh, once a month with uh, the the uh, AD. Craig Angelus and Kanoa Leahy over at Velocity in Honolulu. Check that out. It's brought to you by the JN Group and by the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program, which is also known as H-Camp. Traffic right here in seconds. It's off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. All right, uh, Freddie and Fitzsimmons is coming up. Uh, note for tomorrow, and you probably heard it on SportsCenter. We got Met, Mets and Red Sox all weekend. Uh, Sunday night baseball coverage at noon. Uh, tomorrow's game got moved back because uh, Mets and Red Sox suspended their game today due to weather. So they will play the regularly scheduled game that we'll have on radio. Uh, coverage at 12.30 now instead of the uh, previous 9.30. You'll hear that here on ESPN Honolulu with the uh, Mets and Red Sox this weekend. All right, uh, we've given ourselves a little bit of leeway here for final words. So, uh, Hunter, uh, go ahead. You're first. Um, you know i got to talk about the Open, Josh. Of course. Because <laughs> we, we had made mention to uh, get into it earlier today, but we, yes. we never quite did. Uh, Brian Harmon went off. Um, I believe he shot, he shot six under today. Uh, he had a strand of four straight birdies on the front nine and then eagled 18 to finish his round bogey-free six under. Uh, I doubt that his score of 10 under will go any lower. Um, it's the first time he's ever led a major in his career. Uh, he was chipping in at different times today just to save par. Um I don't want to throw too much shade at the guy. I, I appreciate his his style of play as a fellow lefty myself, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking more at Tommy Fleetwood at five under, and uh, Jason Day actually on the up and up at uh, three under par. And Jordan Spieth got hot as well. He's at two under. I think we're going to see a final score probably around that seven under mark uh, by the time uh, we're done with everything on Sunday. Uh, five-stroke lead, and I know there's a uh, there's a lot of concern. They're talking about rain. They're talking about wind. They're talking about lightning. So, wow. I mean, as much as they play through a lot of that weather, um, you know, especially the wind, I mean, we could see a situation where play could be stopped sometime over the weekend if the weather really does get to the point where um, it could be that bad. So I think that is um, that is something to kind of take into consideration. But a five-stroke lead with all of that, um, definitely not safe, right? Not safe at the Open Championship, Josh. There's my there English accent. There we go. Accent. 
There we go. <laughs> we didn't get that from Mandy earlier today. No, we didn't. Your final words, got Josh. it from you. That's um, right, of course. They said, um, yeah, they said it could lead to rain delays. That's Ooh. how uh, it, 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 it is expected. They say rain is expected, which could be heavy. Rain will be periodic throughout the day. Sunday, locally heavy rain is possible, still breezy and cool. So, uh, yeah, there could be an issue with uh, the Open Championship this weekend. I'm imagining you're going to be uh, you're, you're going to be doing a bender uh, to make sure you're awake all night for that. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it, uh, I, I could I could foresee a 5:30 wake up call to watch a little golf. That's not too bad. Get a little bit in before breakfast. All right, totally understand. Uh, my final words: When animals are on a set, anything can happen. And uh, it's not often good. Mm. Sometimes it can be real cute and lovable and fun, and sometimes it can just uh, it it can go down a, uh, a a really smelly path. Oh no! Take today uh, Fox's FIFA World Cup pre-match show, which before I even get to the animal on set thing, a two-hour pre-match show for a two-hour match. Hmm. Now, of course, this is to preview Team USA more often than not. But you know what happens in two-hour pre-match shows? Um, You need two hours of content, which seems like an awful lot. And so they had, because they're in um, New Zealand and Australia, this is the first time they're sharing uh, host duties for the Women's World Cup, they wanted to get a patamelon on uh, on site. Do you know what a Patamelon is no idea, but I'm sure it's awesome. It's an uh, it's a marsupial. Okay, a it's like think of like a wallaby, uh, but it's a hopping marsupial. And they they were trying to make this thing about how you know this patamelon could predict. Um, you know they they had they had good intuition, so they okay. had um, on this makeshift soccer pitch set, kind of like a Groundhog on one, Day thing. Uh, yeah, they well kind of yeah. On one side, they had a round circle that said USA, and on the other side, they had a round circle that said the world. Uh, because that's how they're marketing this FIFA Women's World Cup in America is USA versus the world. Okay. And as the camera is on this patamelon, as they're trying to set this up for the patamelon to make a decision, I start to see these little droppings. Oh, no. Behind the patamelon. And, uh,. Sure enough, the uh, Maddie the Patamelon was uh, was was certainly leaving some patty cakes on which uh, side of the field, that... the U.S. or the world <laughs> side. Here, here's the thing: the Patamelon didn't even move. Oh no! They were trying to get him to go to one side. I'm assuming Maddie is a male. They were trying to get him to one side um, to make a decision, and he was just looking away the entire time. Come on, Maddie! Come just... on, mate! Sat there and um, you know had some some business to attend to, and so the host it walks over. That's what we call crap holding, in the bed down onto Josh. See, I Stu Holden. Credit to him, he walks over and is trying to play this off. So he walks over to this patamelon, puts his hand against his nose, and it's like, just tell me who you're picking. Tell oh me who gosh. you're picking. Just trying to play it off, and then acts like the patamelon chose Team USA. And then he jumped over in his little sack and uh, said, yeah, he's rooting for Team USA. Um, when animal segments go bad, probably number 195 
Um, but that happened today in the, in the FIFA World Cup coverage. I'll see you in studio on Monday. Freddie and Fitzsimmons is next. It's ESPN Honolulu.